Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Unlimited Salad and Breadsticks! That's right, you fool. This episode should be sponsored by Olive Garden. For it's not. We're just hungry. <laughs> We're so hungry. So free us from this hunger prison by listening to this episode. And hey, if you want to help us out and make this show, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, if you want to listen to me on another show, you can go listen to the Rooster Teeth podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts or roosterteeth.com. And if you want to hear Paige on another podcast, ooh boy. Ooh boy. Hi boy. You can listen to me on Horror Virgin or Romancing the Pod. I don't know what's happening. My brain is made of mush because we've talked about QAnon for too long and I need them breadsticks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And hey, if you want to just dive into this episode, good news. Here we go. Let's get it started. Let's get into the show, baby. Hello. Pasta fazole. Pasta fazole. Unlimited salad and breadsticks. Don't drink the For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have upsetting information, I'm sure. <laughs> like, I know that's most episodes, but I feel like in this one specifically, yes. Yeah, uh, I let Paige uh, know some pretty terrible news. And terrible, mm -hmm. I guess, in finger quotes. But this is the longest <laughs> research document I have ever written for an episode mm -hmm. of Cult Podcast. Um, and weirdly, it... I think we're going to move through it faster than the one we did last week because we won't need to pause every 50 seconds to go, how does somebody believe any of this? <laughs> I was talking to my mom and dad about this over dinner and they were like, yeah, it feels like you and Armando just can't believe that people believe this shit. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, how do people believe this shit? I was like, you tell me, man. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we have been running a podcast about cults for god i don't know six years bro jesus okay we've been doing this for six years uh six years and i have i think not sympathized with but at least understood how people could believe um a lot of different things this hurts my brain every single time i think about it and uh i i hate i hate it i hate doing this i hate this one in particular <laughs> i do not like it and i am so glad uh that we finally get to do our final episode on it so Paige, i am going to run you through our sources um, yes we have an ama with colin hoback uh on reddit 
which Colin Hoback is the uh, director of the HBO docuseries Q, Into the Storm, which is such a good doc. It is an amazing documentary, and it is uh, also one of our sources. We have an article on QAnon published by the Anti-Defamation League. We have several archive posts from 4chan um twitter and reddit we also have several archive posts uh about 4chan from the biblioteca anonima we have several posts from know your meme uh a source that every single time i bring it up it kind of hurts <laughs> you're like damn it we have the article it's almost as bad as alta vista's babblefish <laughs> We have the article, How Three Conspiracy Theorists Took Q and Sparked QAnon by Brandy uh, Zadronzi and Ben Collins. We have the video QAnon, The 21st Century's Most Bizarre Conspiracy Theory by Decoding the Unknown. Um, And then finally, we have the 4,966 archive post uh, from Q between October 28, 2017 uh, and November 28th, 2022 on qresearch.ch. It's Q with a dot between. <laughs> with a dot. Yeah. yeah okay. uh, and then <laughs> we also have every single Q proof that has ever been posted to qproof.com. I thought I was done reading through websites. <laughs> there of, were more? There are more, I guess I would say, um, breakdowns of what okay. the Q proof means because the Q proofs are originally posted uh, Q drops, if that makes sense. Like, yes. It, mm-hmm. But then people will take them and make infographics breaking down how they are actually Q proofs. And there are hundreds pages and I read them all. I read every single one, baby. I'm just picturing the dumbest flow charts known to man. They are not only here. You know what? I'm going to show you qproofs.com. Not only are they absolutely I have a very dis- like specific picture in my mind of this. So you're going to you're going to see how close I was. You're going to fucking hate this dude. It's not the worst website you've ever seen in no. your entire life. Um all right. Give me one second. Audio mixer. Can you hear me? Audi- Sorry, I'm watching the waveforms on my computer. <laughs> um, give me one second. Peach Which- toast. Hold on. There we go. It was over before it began. This oh, is. Oh my god. Oh my god, Armando. Can I just describe what I'm seeing here, please? First of all, the color palette of this website makes it look like it's some sort of country club or old time rich person Americana bullshit. Like it's a like it's a website of substance. However, mm-hmm. the very first photo on the front page is like, you know how in Star Wars where they have force ghosts and they're just mm-hmm. like not quite <laughs> opaque over the action that's happening. So it's Iwo Jima. <laughs> the Battle of Iwo Jima. And then it's Trump in the clouds, like, hmm. Pondering. 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 And then it says, Q research for God and country. And it's also worth noting that it is a a completely black and white image, except the only thing thing in color is the American flag. Is the American flag. Those colors don't run, baby. Let's go. Let's Uh, go. 
Here, let me show you what a cube proof looks like. This is. Th That's exactly what I was picturing, Armando. <laughs> yeah. It's 100% just as bad as you could think it could possibly be. It is the worst, most awful fucking graphic design put together clearly in like Windows Paint or fucking Kid Picks or something. For those of you who use tampons, you know the fold-out thing inside the tampon box that warns you about toxic shock? It's about that level. <laughs> toxic shock is what those Iwo Jima soldiers had. Anyway, let's get into it. I like toxic it. shock's first album, but like not their second album. Anyway, yeah, let's get into let's it. Let's get into this. So, okay, if there is one huge issue that society has, or at least what I would be, uh, what I would consider to be a majority of the people that are online, myself included, it's that we hate to read. And I mean all of us. I cannot tell you how many times I have tried to figure something out and then I find an article and then instead of reading the article, I watch a three-minute YouTube video of someone solving my problem in 30 seconds, but they also added two and a half minutes of the worst intro graphics you have ever <laughs> seen in your entire life. You know what? Life. For people who say that our intros are too long, I invite them to peruse YouTube and see people be like, <laughs> Hey guys, smash that like button, subscribe. As you know, I've been going through the entire catalog of my mom's cookbooks. And even though this is a crochet channel, I'm pretty sure. We're Sorry, I just revealed what kind of YouTube I watch. That's fine. <laughs> there are a million reasons why the, the two jokes that we just told are probably super relatable to you. And it's firstly, <laughs> it's because YouTubers with great graphics uh, only have dumb names like techno slut, Apple freak. Um, <laughs> and because <laughs> I'm telling you, man, they look like the intro to Hollywood movies. And then it's like, hello, vid bitch, devil girl. Yeah. And a hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. They look incredible. And then as soon as the video starts, you just hear, hello, I'm here to, I'm here to tell you why you can't plug in your apple iphone um, <laughs> I, I hope you're having a good day um I'm we watch a... very different youtube <laughs> but also the sa the rules are the same yeah it's... because mine is just like a camera over a woman crocheting being like now the double crochet that's two so we're gonna go one two Three. Also, we're sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. The YouTube that I actually watch, because I separate the two, the YouTube that I actually watch is, uh, I would say, also very different from yours, but much worse, where it's like, mm. hey, everybody, uh, today's episode is also sponsored by Squarespace, and today we're going to be asking ourselves, what is a good person? Can anyone truly oh, be good? Today we're going to look into the philosophy of what makes you a fucking piece of shit. And then I watch that for 45 <laughs> minutes before I go to bed and internalize oh. all of it. See me, it's just me staring at my phone in my bed where it's like, as we break down the next episode of Loki 2, what if Mobius is the guy in McDonald's <laughs> coming up next? There's this tiny sign in the background and we zoomed in so we could read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a the problem. Point, the point we're trying to make is that learning is hard it is boring and it takes a lot of time especially if you're expected to read a bunch of stuff so instead of reading we do shit like uh i don't know page listen to podcasts where comedians talk about cults that's how i'm learning about the guy who killed versace so <laughs> 
Yeah, and when we make these podcasts, we go through the sources, we read and we watch the stories, and then we condense the important bits down into like an hour, uh, hopefully. Uh, but <laughs> Fingers also- crossed, we got places to be today. <laughs> yeah, but then also within that hour, we cover the topic for the same amount of time that we debate which sandwich shop would be able to survive an armed robbery. <laughs> I'm telling you, James Jonathan Sandwich Emporium, they're going to rule us all one day. A thousand percent. But to fully explain QAnon, each bullet point on my research document would need to be its own mini-series. And even then, it would still be too condensed. We, and by we I mean literally everyone, likes bite-sized information because it is easier to understand, it is more fun to listen to, and also it means, thank God, I don't have to read that bullshit. (laughs) To be fair, if they put more sex scenes in it, I would read it. I would read everything if it had a sex scene in it. If I was fucking reading the fucking menu for a Jimmy John's, which I had to do, by the way, to work at a James Jonathan Sandwich Emporium because they make you take a test and you have to score above an 80% of listing out every single ingredient for every single sandwich. If I had been reading it in between the Italian nightclub and the fucking... uh, Complimentary aromas. The complimentary aromas. They had just like a scene where it's like... And then the onions fucked the lettuce. I would have fucking passed. I would have passed with flying colors every single time because I would have been completely enthralled as they fucking lube themselves up with the oil. But it's also vinegar and it's delicious. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. The thing is, we like bite-sized information. Um and it means that we don't have to read. But here's the thing. I'm I'm sure plenty of you, and by you, I mean people listening right now, I'm sure plenty of you read about the shit we talk about before and after we cover it. I would say that we have a, a pretty educated audience, and I don't mean, I, maybe educated is the right word, a pretty researched audience. Like people come in yeah. here expecting to hear about stuff that they already know or point out stuff that we may have overlooked through our research. Like we have a very well-read audience yeah but even with as well-read as everyone is ourselves included there there is still the problem of not fully engrossing yourself in all of the information available about a certain topic and i want to be clear this is not like an actionable critique or at least not one that can be solved realistically because to fully understand any of the topics that we cover you would need to dedicate yourself to researching it for an ungodly amount of time to be considered an expert in any of this shit. Right. Paige and I, Paige and I do our best, uh, and even still, we are biased storytellers. We read a lot, we gather our facts, we cite our sources. But we also leave out details that aren't 100% relevant. We summarize a lot. And more importantly, we have a narrative that we are pushing. Our narrative is that cults are bad. And usually X thing is a cult. Ergo, X thing is bad. bad. We have an agenda. It's, a, I would argue, a good agenda. But it is still an agenda. We are presenting you facts with the biased viewpoint of this being bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, except for last episode, where I told you all of the 100% true things that Armando Torres definitely believes. 
But my commentary was biased, except for that part <laughs> when I said I would definitely eat at that pizza place because Guy Fieri recommended it, and that's just facts. That's just facts. That Guy Fieri is just spitting cold hard facts all the time. Yeah, those facts are indeed out of bounds. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> God, I'm gonna take you for a long diner's drive in and dive i don't know i couldn't i can't come up wait till jfk jr shows up in flavor town <laughs> i'm gonna take you to flavor town when you come to la and we go to olive garden what's absolutely up? i cannot wait for it because much like jfk jr when i'm there i'm family all mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. that family is the only ones fighting a secret cabal of pedophile satanic people who are trying i can't do it i can't get into it again all right. Tour of Italy stands for the trafficking of children. Don't repeat that. Oh, my oh God. God. Please don't hurt Olive Garden. I'll never survive. Paige, I want you to put a pin in that because the cabal being tied to Italians will come up later. Why they, why they got to mess with my people? <laughs> QAnon strategy is so successful because it draws people in with a very broad premise. Hey, have you ever noticed that everything sucks? Why mm -hmm. is that? And then Q gives you breadcrumbs pointing to a satanic cabal of pedophiles that forces you to indoctrinate yourself if you want to become part of the solution. But any information that you find that tells you that something actually different is happening, anything that doesn't go along with that theory, well, then that is misinformation that has been planted by the enemy. And still, even when the core premise of your belief is that you have to investigate on your own and your battle cry is literally the phrase, do your own research, mm -hmm. people fucking hate to read. Q drops are dense, they are confusing, and they require a lot of fucked up mental gymnastics to even understand what is going on. Paige, I think that you definitely understand a lot of the core tenets of what QAnon is trying to teach and even even with that core knowledge you were like hey i couldn't make the leap from this dumb shit ass idea to <laughs> this dumb shit ass idea i couldn't leap from the free bread breadsticks to the minestrone like they gave me <laughs> the endless breadsticks and salad but i had to find my way to the five cheese ziti al forno so mm -hmm. it's a journey it's a journey. We're all, we're all on it somewhere. But Paige, have you ever asked yourself, how can Olive Garden really afford to give out that many free breadsticks? Have you ever considered have. why they use the phrase, when you're here, your family? Maybe because then it's not weird if you take your family to the back of the freezer where President Obama and Hillary Clinton... I can't go. I can't do it again. Seriously. <laughs> I can't fucking... I, I, I got lost sitting there going, you know, every once in a while they have that thing where you can take an extra entree with you, but you're still only paying for one entree. And how do they make that pencil? <laughs> like, I'm just sitting here like, how does the endless pasta bowl work? I think truly we are on the brink of discovering that fucking Olive Garden is a front for the mob because it truly, when I look at your business practices, it doesn't make any sense. I think they're just banking on how much people can eat, but you know what they weren't banking on? The two of us with our gabagool! <laughs> I'm going to bankrupt you, Olive Garden. <laughs> I'm going to financially We're fucking coming. ruin you. We're coming. I'm going to bathe in your Alfredo. <laughs> 
So on top of everything being really hard to understand, and if you're if you're like asking for an example, uh, at the end of last week's episode, Paige had an understanding of literally every single topic that we had talked about in the summer summarized version of QAnon's beliefs. But when I don't see how they got from JFK assassination to deep state, and I had right. to be like, oh well, here's five other conspiracy theories you have to be aware of to to get from a point A to point B. Yeah, to get from Grassy Knoll to Book Depository. Exactly, and or on, bullet in the back seat. Ooh, you know, just, was just, it the we, gun that went off accidentally? Maybe was it the fact that the CIA had never used AKs before that day? Maybe. Was, Maybe they didn't have the safety on. All right, I'd like to do your to, own research. <laughs> I'd like to pose to you a new fucking theory that no, I haven't heard anyone say before. Mm. It was Marilyn. Marilyn did it. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. Dead Sedans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did hear her say that, and it didn't make sense until just now. And now it makes sense. So, yeah, these things are dense. They're confusing. They're hard to understand. You need to understand a lot of other fucked up shit if you're going to make the mental gymnastics for any of it to fit into place. And on top of that, they are all posted on 4chan, which is the Internet's home for memes, racism, and very weird pornography that I have bookmarked. Seriously. I'm just picturing minions being like, and the Rothschilds. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely send you a couple of QAnon minion memes. They exist, and I don't know if they're fake or real. I don't know if they're satire or not, Paige. I've lost the thread. Please send them. Some of my favorite memes are the ones with minions and Jesus, but... <laughs> I'll take minions and QAnon as well. Thank you. Oh, also, I want to say the this one thing about how terrible 4chan is and all the stuff that they have on it. My favorite part of any QAnon documentary is when a believer finds out what 4chan actually is and then gets <laughs> fucking disgusted by it. Like when you watch these people learn like, wait, 4chan actually had child pornography on it. <laughs> Well, that's just not right. I don't I don't believe that's true at all. Can I tell you my favorite person in the queue into the storm documentary that makes me laugh out loud every time? I have watched that do documentary many times. I think it's one of the best ones of our, our generation. Sure. But the guy every time who's like, I have to wade through all of the child pornography on 4chan for the government. Yeah, <laughs> so that's... Like, and his wife is like, and I pray for your strength to do that every day. And I'm like, you people. <laughs> that is, I, I love when people find out what's on 4chan. But the only thing I love more than that is what you have just brought to me. When a red-pilled husband tells his wife what, yep. <laughs> what other kind of stuff is on 4chan. And you can see them like, actively praying that their wife doesn't figure out how to check a search history a hundred a hundred they're like all right well now i gotta get a, a now i gotta get a vpn hey i understand sweetie i understand why you were looking at poll that makes sense you were trying to piece apart 4chan but why were you on a board here called sexy beautiful women huh what's uh <laughs> what's up with that bud Hey, uh, so I know Big Titty Maga makes a bunch of good points, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh. but I'm a little worried about clit liquor for Christ. No, 
Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, and just like Rick Rowling and Lolcats, QAnon only gained mass attention when someone finally moved it from 4chan into the more mainstream parts of the internet. And it is all thanks to a YouTuber named Tracy Diaz. On November 3rd, 2017, just six days after the first Q comment, Tracy posted a video titled, Poll Q Clearance Anon. Is it hashtag happening? <laughs> it's all happening. Oh, man. <laughs> the only the thing things I could, they get excited about are so sad. The only thing I could think of when I saw is it hashtag happening is like, it sounds like a line that an old parent would use to like ask their kids if something's cool again. <laughs> hey, I just saw somebody wearing Jinkos. Is Are Jinkos hashtag happening again? That's what hey. it felt like. The fall dance is going this week. Are you, are you guys going? Are you excited? Is it hashtag happening? That's, yeah. Mom, kids don't go to Mom. dances anymore. We only hang out at the Olive Garden, dude. <laughs> when you're here, you're family, and you're that's better than dates. Yeah, because I can do things to family that are fucked up. Ugh, I don't like this joke anymore. <laughs> That's okay. My brain just went to like, help, I'm stuck in the breadstick oven. And I was like, oh, no, I need to touch some grass. <laughs> oh, well, if you're at Olive Garden, you can touch some fucking ass, baby. Let's go. All right. So, Tracy. Everyone's a step sibling at the Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> step waitress, what are you doing? Why are you bringing me more breadsticks? G-step waitress. I'm so glad mom and dad aren't home so that you could wear that hot, hot apron. Damn, I wanted to get some unlimited bread dicks in you, baby. Let's go. <laughs> they are dick-shaped. Oh, they are. They're, uh, they, I cannot wait for our Olive Garden trip. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited. Tracy had built a small following during Pizzagate uh, by breaking down John Podesta's emails and explaining the evidence against Comet Pizza. You can really sort of think of uh, Tracy Diaz as like the anti-cult podcast, all right? <laughs> it's like somebody going, hey, I read through all these fucking emails so you don't have to, and here's what I found within that. That is what they're doing. Yeah, she's like, I don't know if you know, pee is stored in the shaft. <laughs> which as we all know is incorrect because Absolutely. pee and cum are stored in the balls right uh but different we balls. are biased sources though. yes absolutely <laughs> So now, instead of just condensing the news, she was finally able to break the news. She was one of the first people to talk about QAnon because she got a tip from two people named Baruch the Scribe and Pamphlet Anon. Paul Ferber and Coleman Rogers, who are better known online as Baruch the Scribe and Pamphlet Anon, respectively, are conspiracy theorists and 4chan users that became obsessed with Q right from the jump. Now, keep this in mind because it will become relevant uh, later on. Together, Baruch and Pamphlet Anon started following information about the deep state, the storm, and Q, and they started compiling all of this and sending it to every single far-right YouTuber that they could get contact information for. Uh, because, as Baruch the Scribe puts it, quote, the message needed to go wider. 
They knew that if QAnon was going to get any attention, that it needed to be accessible to the normies, which again are the fucking old people, the people who don't go on 4chan. The minions that are cleaving themselves close to our Lord. Yes. Yes, the normies. And normies fucking love YouTube videos, dude. They fucking eat that shit up. So working with Baruch and Pamphlet Anon, Tracy posted videos deciphering each Q drop and compiling all of the top theories, racking up tens of thousands of followers and over 8 million YouTube views. And so it wasn't long before more YouTube accounts followed in her footsteps. And Tracy and her two informants also set up the Calm Before the Storm subreddit, also known as r slash cbts underscore stream, um, which I think was because they used to have a stream where they were talking about all the Calm Before the Storm stuff, but I also equally think that it could be because of piss. I think it could be piss. I don't have any evidence to back that up. I'm I'm just personally really picturing some sort of like Minecraft stream just raiding the comments on their stream. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Thanks oh, for the God. subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Now I gotta blow up my home. Boom. Uh thanks, QAnon. <laughs> so like <laughs> they were doing QAnon shit, and then one time they just played a horror game. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> yeah, they reach pl- for the can grab the candle, grab the candle. <laughs> They played Visage, too. That's what they were doing. <laughs> so so by creating the Calm Before the Storm subreddit, they had added the Q discussion to a more user-friendly platform, which also helped draw attention from other conspiracy subreddits who were primed and ready for this fucking Marvel Cinematic Universe of conspiracy theories. Plus, on Fridays, they play Among Us. (laughs) Yeah, and they invite people from the stream. I mean, fucking seriously, dude. QAnon believers have ties to everyone, from 9-11 truthers to our favorite rowdy boys, the Sovereign Citizens. Oh, I mean, Sovereign Citizens and QAnon are like... Like, I'd call it strange bedfellows, but I feel like they're constantly docking dicks and spooning. <laughs> like, they've been in bed together for years. <laughs> Absolutely. You best believe Amon Bundy believes in Q. In fact, I, this is a true story. Amon Bundy refused to fork over $50 million that a court had ordered him to pay an Idaho hospital on the grounds that the Idaho hospital was actually a secret site where the Clintons hold their pedophile ritual. <laughs> oh, such a big cowboy hat with no brains in no it. No fucking, it's got <laughs> six empty gallons, baby. Not a single thought inside of them. Also, <laughs> if you're questioning why stuff like this is so dangerous, remember that Amon Bundy is a fucking psychopath who has done really fucked up stuff. And here's the latter part of this story. Um, after getting pushback from the court and the Idaho hospital, Amon Bundy started giving out the hospital staff's home address to his followers and telling them to, quote, mobilize. That is fucking terrifying dude that is and i can only imagine how some of those phone calls went like hello hi i'm here occupying a bird sanctuary and you're some (laughs) nurse i should be mad at for some reason 
Now, I'm, I have become aware that the only way to piss people off is to send them a bunch of dildos. So I will be, <laughs> I will be forwarding the 45 that I have left over from the organ thing and sending them to you, baby. Let's go. Are they sanitized? Because if so, party. <laughs> no, 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 no. We definitely used all of them. Oh, no. Uh, so <laughs> after that, infographics and memes made their way to Facebook, where an older audience spread them like an STD in a nursing home. <laughs> well, and I'm sure you'll probably get to this too, but part of the reason they spread so fast on Facebook is that they would title them with things that didn't immediately say they were Q, like Save the Children. Yeah, 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 yeah. Save the Children uh, is a constant uh, battle cry that stems from the Pizzagate stuff. When bans started happening uh, across the board, which this the, the spread to Facebook did happen a little bit before the bans happened, but they, they, this, this sort of gets into the same timeline. Um, once people started realizing that QAnon stuff was harmful and that mm. people were doxing people because Amon Bundy wasn't the only person of doxing people, um, they started banning it from the platform. And so that's when it started taking on different terms like Save the Children or Frazzle Drip. Um, which is a conspiracy that states that there is a snuff video of Hillary Clinton uh, killing a child. But it, it's the same thing as the 4chan thing where people who have supposedly seen it claim that they can't share it because it's too horrifying for normal people to see. So you just have to take them at their word for it that it exists. Um, you get all sorts of different like save America, make America great again, save the children, the children comfort, like all of these yeah. different, uh, different monikers. The most famous, obviously among them being Olive Garden, who, uh, of course only started to promote QAnon to their mm -hmm. diners. Yeah, of course, because they were just like minestrone. Okay, if we take the M and move it to the end, it's mm -hmm. inestronem, and that's a Latin word for the satanic worship of children's severed body parts, but it's also tattooed on Hillary Clinton's inner thigh. I've seen it, but it's too horrifying <laughs> for the average person, so you're going to have to take my word for it. I'll be honest with you, that is sometimes how I feel like when I when I have eaten bad Italian food here in Austin, <laughs> where I've been like, I went to somebody will go, hey, did you did you like that restaurant? And I went, it was too horrible for you to. You just have to take me at my word. It was the worst thing I ever. <laughs> well, you were telling me they didn't have any good Italian food there, and I was like, I've never tried to eat Italian food there, so I can't counter this. But I feel like Italian food's one of the easiest foods to be at least halfway decent at. I feel like I have found some pretty decent Italian food here in Austin. I feel like I have uh, not found any good Italian food here in Austin. Okay. Um, I've went to a couple places that have had what I would call Italian style cuisine. You know what my biggest problem with Austin is? And this is just going to summarize my thoughts and feelings about most stuff. Is mm -hmm. that everything here insists upon being 
Austin style or mm. which by the way is non-existent Austin style pizza is a mix between New York style pizza and California crispy pizza and it so fucking, it's Neapolitano you would fucking think so you would really fucking think so but it's okay. not Paige it, it just it just it just fucking sucks I've never had something burnt and soggy at the same time oh no yeah it's I, Mm. And so everything here is Austin Fusion, where it is the thing it is trying to be, and then bad barbecue on top of it. <laughs> and I, I greatly dislike it. So anyway, <laughs> getting back to the more somehow less upsetting story of QAnon. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. These memes started making their way to Facebook, uh, where they were shared in countless public and private Facebook groups, and then came the InfoWars coverage, and then the signal boosting from other far-right media outlets, and finally, the retweeted support from prominent Republicans and those closest to Trump, including Trump's closest friend, Donald Trump. <laughs> His only real friend. <laughs> but if you spend- Who can you trust? Who are you going to trust? But if you spent all of last week screaming at your steering wheel in frustration, asking yourself, how the fuck can people believe in this shit? Well, then we haven't even gotten to the ace up Q's sleeve. See, no one is taking this stuff at face value, Page. There's actually evidence that this Q clearance patriot really is someone close to Trump, a fellow white hat working towards the storm. I'm talking, of course about Q proofs. Last week, I described Q drops as a mix of confusing questions and mysterious statements, which a, a, a close friend recently told me describes having a conversation with me in real life, by the way. Um, but if you've ever read a Q drop, then you know what I mean. They are short, disjointed phrases followed by leading questions, which it just feels a lot like clues for a riddle or some kind of scavenger hunt. But every so often, these cryptic phrases and Trump's own words would cross paths, creating the world's worst crossover episode. And Believers in Q insist that Donald Trump has confirmed his allegiance to the White Hats, which if I just realized I didn't do a recap, if you're wondering or not remembering, the White Hats are the rebels fighting within the government to overthrow right. the deep state. See, I'm just assuming people remember all this stuff because it's been in my head for a fucking month now. I, I remembered the White Hats, but I'll, every time you say White Hats, I'm like, it should be Red Hats, but whatever. A thousand percent! It's, I don't know. I fucking, the, one of the worst things about QAnon and the QAnon followers, and I know that there are other worse things. They're bad at branding? Yes. I know there are other worse things. I know that there are other crimes that have been committed. But as a storyteller, it breaks my heart that you're not even focusing on the most interesting parts of your story and all of the branding you use is fucking stupid. Yep. Get me in there, okay? I have no conscience. I will do, I will write you the perfect fucking conspiracy theory narrative that will blow everyone's fucking mind. Armando, you and I have both written creepy spooky stories mm -hmm. in the last year that's been like our main outside of cult podcast focus think of the conspiracy theory we would write like think of the shit we would come up with where people would be like can we get a 20 episode order of that please yes <laughs> like a thousand percent we could we i, mm, I just I, all i'm saying we'd be the kings of q and <laughs> 
all I'm saying is like, dude, you could just, you could, you can, you could just hire out writers, dude. There was a writer's yeah. strike. You could have hired fucking anybody of your, of any show that you like to come on and I guarantee you they would have done it. So Believers in Q insists that Donald Trump has uh, confirmed his allegiance to the White Hats and the impeding or impending storm multiple times by slipping in code language and weird behavior into his public appearances and tweets, as opposed to the truth, which is that he just fucking sucks at talking and also is <laughs> a weirdo, dude. I mean, there is that. You know, people always forget that he sucks at talking and is also a weirdo. Yeah, people fucking forget that he fucking Kavifi or whatever the fuck Kavifi. it was. Kavifi. Yeah, like sometimes he's just a fucking idiot. Well, all the time. Sometimes he's a I miss idiot. him on Twitter because as offensive and terrible as it was, sometimes it would be like, so sad, Kristen Stewart deserved better. And you're like, what the fuck goes on in his head all day? <laughs> So, yeah, I also, I mean, okay, we'll get into it in a little bit, but I have a fun fact for you. Uh, before then, the website qproofs.com, the website we talked about at the beginning of this episode, mm -hmm. is one of many websites dedicated to archiving Q's teachings, and they have become the go-to link that your fringe uncle sends you whenever you question his belief. Plastered all over the site is one of the many slogans shouted by believers do you believe in coincidences? And again, do you believe in Q? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. And again, <laughs> this is another example of terrible branding. How did you not use Q incidences, baby? Oh God, I know it's right there. Or do you have Q questions, like questions? Yeah, but then the Q in questions is like red and cool and it looks badass. Yeah. 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 Fucking, dude, hire me. Hire me, please. I will make your conspiracy so much or better. Armando, just FAQs. Oh, all of these. All of these are fucking better than... Hire us for marketing Q and <laughs> Jesus Christ. So... Q proofs includes predicting odd phrases that the former president would then actually use later. Um, it included thinly veiled references to the letter Q used by Donald Trump. Uh, and it also included posting photographs that were supposedly taken at the same time and place as Trump's known locations. Um, and I mean, if this happens once or twice, sure. That's a coincidence. But over a hundred times, well, it has to be real, right, Paige? Unless somehow this whole thing is fucking bullshit. Ooh, I'm going to take option B, Mr. Yeah. Trebek. Thank you. Uh, listeners of the podcast QAnon Anonymous are probably familiar with the tippy top incident. The time that Q told his followers to expect Trump to use the phrase tippy top and lo and behold the donald delivered but here is one uh little problem with that q told his followers that it would happen during his state of the union address but he actually wouldn't use the phrase until several months later and even then a majority of the phrases that q supposedly predicted including the phrase tippy top are already part of trump's regular vocabulary he was using this phrase tippy top to mean that something is the best in fact 
after just a small cursory Google search, here is a, a list of a few of the things that Donald Trump has described as being tippy top. Our nukes, Russia's <laughs> nukes, both supposedly tippy top. All nukes. The state of the White House property, um, the actor who was inside of an Easter Bunny costume, the global elites, and of course, himself. Sure. I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all because, you know, that is how he do. I would like to tell you a story that I think perfectly encapsulates what probably happened here. I used to have a French boss uh, who spoke French like around the store. And every time we knew he was coming for a store visit, we would give each other a code word. And the first person to get him to repeat that code word, code, like code word back to you, one, mm-hmm. like, and it was always slang. Like somebody, the first one that we successfully got him to do was to call something the shit. <laughs> where it was like, I need you to fill out these baskets so they are lush and full. And, you know, we want this display to look like the shit. Like that. And we laughed for days. The one that I finally got him to say was for shizzle for show. And it's one of my <laughs> like crowning achievements because I was like, this is a tough one. But we did it just by like, for days ahead of time would just like yeah 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 no we'll definitely get that done for shizzle for show and just like would say it constantly mm-hmm. until he came in he's like yeah 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 what a, like whatever for shizzle for show and we were like oh my god oh my god he said it he said it for shizzle it for show feels like one of those phrases that can't be said in any other accent like you know how sometimes you'll be yeah. listening to a tv show in a different language and they'll be speaking whatever language it is and then they'll say an american word that's yes. like mcdonald's yes it's just exactly the same fucking example that's what it sounds like where he was probably like for shizzle for show yeah even in japan it was just like mcdonald's and you're just like mcdonald's great (laughs) like (laughs) i understood the important part of that sentence great Yes. Oh God. Okay. So these 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 code words they are only one third of Q proofs because certainly there has to be more, right? Like what about the jerseys page? And no, I ain't talking about the Sopranos or Snooky baby. Ooh. Also, fun fact: this is the first time that I have thought about Snooky in like five fucking years. I don't know what she's up to. I hope she's living well. I miss you, girl. I love I've you, never Snooki. stopped thinking about Snooki. I've never stopped. There are some hilarious Snooki memes from the last. She's back on TV, by the way. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better because if you had told me that Snooki actually like used her fame to skyrocket into a new career as a TV personality, I would believe that just as equally as if somebody told me, yeah, she died. Like after the show <laughs> ended, she just no, fucking died. No, there's just died. Jersey Shore is back on TV and Snooki is back on TV. But like I would kill for Snooki to just like to find out that she's like, yeah, so I went to law school and now yeah. I, I work for the Innocence Project. Like God. that would make me so happy. <laughs> that That is exactly what I'm saying. That story equally believable. Snooki is equally a, compelling. Snooki is a fucking 
Schrodinger's cat of possibilities where there is a box with Snooky in it and I don't know what she's been up to for five years but the moment I open it she's either going to be fucking dead or she's going to be like the smartest person on the planet yeah. earth and took over a country. I made a billion dollars making nipple pasties that go under low cut dresses. Oh wow alright that does sound like something you would do. <laughs> equally believable. All of this is equally believable and you can't convince me otherwise. Gotta hide them nips. <laughs> So, speaking of hiding nipples, um, when a president meets a sports team, it is customary to give them a jersey with their presidential number on it. The Steelers gave W a number 43 jersey. The Mm -hmm. Denver Broncos gave Obama a number 44 jersey. So then why, Paige, did Donald Trump request a number 17 jersey from two different teams could it be because the 17th letter in the alphabet is Is q Q. um no i'm gonna be real with you no is it because it's the year he got elected he got inaugurated no, it's because both teams that gave him the number 17 jersey gave it in honor of their 2017 season. The season. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. they And like the two teams, by the way, are the Houston Astros and the Alabama Crimson. And the Al- both, both of these teams, by the way, said that this is a jersey in honor of our 17th season. But the Alabama Crimson went on to say... It's not just for our 2017 season. It's to represent the 17 championships that we have won. He did not choose that number. That number was given to him. And also, by the way, um, sports teams are fucking weird about numbers. All right? Like... The the Red Sox gave uh, Donald Trump a number 18 jersey uh, in 2018 to represent the 2018 year. And the reason they didn't give him a 45 jersey is because that number has been retired. And so they don't give out jerseys with that number on it. Um, there was one year that George Bush got an 07 jersey because the year before the team had given him a uh, 43 jersey. jersey. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> hell yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. And that's the one number every jersey comes in. And they have to order a lot of them. <laughs> a ton of them. Oh, my God. They There was a team, I believe it was also the Red Sox, uh, that gave George Bush an 07 jersey because the year after they gave him a 43 jersey, they didn't go to the championships and they thought it was uh, bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> so that, He was just like, mission accomplished. <laughs> exactly. If you know anything about fucking sports teams, they're <laughs> weird with numbers. They're very superstitious. None of that is any kind of proof. But then, then there's the photos. There's photos like a blurry bird's eye view uh, shot of an ocean that might line up with where Air Force One was heading at the time. Then there is an out-of-focus Bigfoot-style shot of Trump in an Oval Office posted right before he filmed a statement there. Uh, but all of this, at best, is circumstantial. Also, Paige, I want to see if i can find this this blurry shot of him Please in the do, oval office because i'm picturing him in the like in the sasquatch pose just walking across the white house lawn just blurry <laughs> and i want that to be it so bad i this is gonna break your little fucking heart because oh. when you see it it is so like 
whoever took these photographs was clearly trying to obscure it to um if you believe QAnon lore they were doing it that way so that they could uh conceal their identity mm. um and if you don't believe in QAnon lore don't. they purposefully did it that way so that you can't really fucking tell what's going on okay Paige I found okay. it um oh here it is that's what it is <laughs> what the fuck here, let's uh, let's zoom in a little bit more. That could be anyone. That could literally be any person on the planet. Paige, I want you to. So here's what we're looking at. We are looking at extremely close up shots of what appears to be Donald Trump standing in front of an American flag um, with. This looks uh, like my grandma on Zoom. Yeah, with some kind of thing blocking it. Maybe it's through glass. Maybe there is a phone blocking it. Paige, I want you to look at these images, and I'm gonna put a sentence into your mind, and I want mm -hmm. you, I want your your first reaction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay. Wax museum. <laughs> okay, okay though, this can absolutely be somebody taking a selfie at a wax museum, and you would not know the difference. Like that, it could absolutely be that. Yeah. I I have looked up uh, Donald Trump wax museum a lot in the last couple of hours. And I am here to tell you that a majority of them are either stored in a uh, replica of the Oval Office or standing in front of an American, of an American flag. flag. I'm sure they are. Yes. Yeah. And uh. that could. Ab oh, my God. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> Yeah, and here's the thing. Not every single picture is too blurry to confirm, but one of misinformation's best tricks, one that I see now every single day online, is somebody sharing an old photo or an old video and giving mm -hmm. it new context to fit whatever narrative that they want to push. Mm -hmm. And also, this is just the stuff that Q got quote-unquote right, all right? There is right. a huge list of predictions that q got wrong from phrases that didn't make it into speeches to promises of important dates that went by without anything big happening to also big swing predictions like the idea that mark zuckerberg was going to be forced to leave facebook and would flee the u.s out of fear of his own death Doing your own research and finding something disapproving of Q, that's misinformation planted by the deep state. But how do you explain incorrect information or predictions from the source itself? Well, that has been the number one issue that we have seen whenever we've covered cults. Uh, Paige, what do we always say about doomsdays? Never put a date on it. Never put a date on them page. And so what did QAnon do? They put dates on fucking everything. Good and, amateur hour. But you but 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 if they have these incorrect dates, how do they still get people to stick around? Well, Paige, Q found a genius way around this age-old problem because according to them, they weren't wrong. It was misinformation from within. Oh, all of God. all of the incorrect dates, all of the incorrect phrases, all of this stuff that was a lie because the deep state agents were lurking within Q's posts, looking for clues. And so this wasn't a failure. Anytime a date or a phrase wasn't used, that wasn't a failure. That was just grade A OPSEC. All right. That was just misinformation to throw the deep state off their trail. <sighs> 
However, your followers can only take so much misinformation. Um, yeah. If you make enough bad predictions, even the most devout followers are going to start to question their faith. And after a little over two years since the Q drop started in late 2017, there were still zero arrests, zero executions, and the only talk of indictments were the ones being lobbied at Donald and his gang of <laughs> deplorables, I guess. But that is when Q caught the break of a lifetime. Remember what the storm was supposed to be and why the Great Awakening was so important. When the arrest started popping off, the false government would try to use its power to keep the good guys down and to try and take them out. And what better way to do that than with mandatory lockdowns and chipping viruses, Paige. That's right. At the start of 2020, Q and his believers took what... I, I I would they took a what I would call maybe a soft right into <laughs> uh anti-vax alley. Now I want to start off with some facts, some actual facts. Some like this is not a joke, these are actual uh things that I have learned. Mm-hmm. The consensus among virologists is that COVID was most likely started from, uh, or at least given to humans through natural crossover from bats with a possible middleman between us and those bats. But Q has a different story to tell. Sure, they didn't talk about COVID often, and also whenever they did, they tried to, they mostly called it the China virus. Oh, good night. Yeah, um, I remember this. But as you can probably guess, anytime Q did speak about COVID, it was bad. Like promoting the idea that the Chinese scientists had created the coronavirus in a Wuhan lab to purposefully hurt the White Hats and their pursuit of justice. Now again, Here's another actual fact for you. A majority of virologists or virologists, I don't know how to pronounce the word. I have Mm -hmm. only ever seen it written. Mm -hmm. But a majority of them have called this theory or any theory surrounding COVID being created in a lab highly unlikely. Mostly because genomic analysis does not back it up and there is zero evidence pointing to that ever happening. But... That does not stop one in three Americans believing that COVID was invented in a Wuhan lab. One in three Americans or one in four Americans from believing that COVID-19 was created intentionally. That is one third and a quarter of the country respectively. That is fucking insane, dude. It's wild. But this is also, I mean, when we did America's Frontline Doctors, that that's not even the top five craziest thing that people believe. Like, if someone's like, I think it was created in a lab. I'm like, I don't think so. But that's the least crazy thing you could believe about this. Absolutely. Oh, my God. But by now, Q was hardly the only voice that QAnon believers listened to. Because to them, Q was like a prophet. And just like the majority, but not all i'm just talking about the majority of religious followers people did not read the source texts or have direct contact with that prophet instead they relied on people who served as um i guess what you could call yeah conspiracy priests or machination <laughs> fathers or yeah, 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 yeah. or uh 
scheme pastors. I'm mm-hmm. running out of <laughs> running out ways of to say con men. Sure. Yeah, ruse rabbis. Ooh, that one feels bad. That, that one, one feels, does feel bad. That, that one, one feels not great. <laughs> that one feels like some good marketing. If we were on the other team, though. Yeah. Um, I am talking, of course, about bakers and influencers. So we've been very clear that Q leaves breadcrumbs. That's their whole deal. They just leave little breadcrumbs so that you can follow your way to the actual information. They are also known for rarely interacting with other posters directly, instead choosing just to drop more cryptic messages. But someone needed to gather these breadcrumbs and turn them into something digestible. And these people, weaving the narrative together, are called bakers because they take breadcrumbs and turn them into bread. God damn it, that's not how bread works. <laughs> Fuck. I, I literally have written in my my research document, pause for page to become upset. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am indeed. That's not a simple Google search would tell you that that's not how bread works. That bread is flour, water, and some sort of leavening agent like yeast. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, oh, <laughs> maybe a little salt. I can't. First, first they came for COVID, and I did nothing. Then they came for, for juice, bread. and I did nothing. But then they came for bread. <laughs> And I raged. <laughs> to be fair, I have raged for all of the other things. Yes, too. yeah, a hundred percent. I don't want to paint you negatively. But how anywhere. dare they? My sweet bread. <laughs> Bakers like Brooke the scribe and pamphlet anon would go through Q drops and then create an easy to follow narrative, sort of like a story, one that you could read without having to do most of the research yourself. Um, and then they would also sort of fill in information that seemed to be missing, like, uh, oh, you don't know about this conspiracy. Well, here's a write-up about that. This sort of explains this, etc. And then they would hand off this bread, so to speak, uh, to influencers who would share the narratives with their online followers of normies. And effectively what happened is they built a hierarchy for themselves where certain believers were able to become powerful voices for the entire community. And they use these platforms to add their own ideas and thoughts, which effectively taints what was already a pretty rotten message in the first Mm -hmm. place. Oh, geez. All Q had to do was insinuate that COVID, or as they called it, the China virus, was purposefully made in a lab and that vaccines were a tool used by Big Pharma as a form of mind control. Two things, by the way, that Q definitely <laughs> released into the wild as a, as an idea. Um, and then these bakers and influencers took the ball and added their own personal fucked up spin. Some of them argued that COVID was a pandemic created by the deep state to target the true patriots. Others claimed that COVID wasn't real at all, or that it was just a flu with a fancy name. And some others still claimed that it was a, sorry, a side effect of using 5G cell phone service. <laughs> Uh, my my husband and I we be vaxxed up all the time. Yeah, we be vaxxing. Uh, me and my girls we be vaxxing. And every time we leave to go get a booster or a vaccine or whatever, we will always say to the other one, "Going to get my five G. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> See you when I get back." And I love it. 
my it's favorite, one of my favorite ongoing jokes around the house. My favorite little tidbit to do is to tell people that I've gotten is just to tell people that I've gotten a lot better cell phone reception since I've gotten vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sound quality is yeah. great. I don't insinuate that COVID and 5G have anything to do together, but I just <laughs> I just drop that little tiny nugget on them of just like you noticed how much your cell phone reception has gotten a lot better since we got these boosters. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, uh, also, I just want to state that both Paige and I are so vaxxed up. We could be a personal fucking hotspot. Okay. All right. We, I, I want to play zoom on my eyelids. <laughs> I want to be clear that all of this is fucking bullshit and it infuriates me so much. And I'm so glad that we didn't cover this when it was happening because there is nothing that makes me more upset than the spread of misinformation that actively hurts something ongoing, which we see a lot of the time. I mean, like currently right now, there's a lot of stuff going on where misinformation is purposefully like clouding up the search for truth and shit. And it is infuriating my guy. But also... I can take phone calls in elevators now. Exactly. See, it's better. It's also fucking put this in your normal use. All right. Just start telling people that because the thing is, is like, it, it's not that harmful because you are telling them like, yeah, I'm boosted. I believe in vaccines. Yeah, I got I every single one. I also believe that they made my cell phone more powerful. That's <laughs> awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, not only can I not get COVID, I haven't dropped a call since 2021. <laughs> <laughs> God. And maybe most troubling of all was the belief shared by many Q followers that COVID could be cured using a concoction known as Miracle Mineral Solution. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Remember that John Hammond looking motherfucker? I was going to say, I was like, you said it, and in my brain, I just heard like Jurassic Park. Yes. That Jurassic Park motherfucker owes most of the money that he made to Q. That is that is how fucking spread out this stupid shit is. It touches almost every piece of any like far right cult that we've ever covered. And look, it shouldn't surprise anyone that QAnon peaked in popularity around 2020. Paranoia and distrust of the government and really science in general was skyrocketing. And Q-drops allowed you to attach pretty much any conspiracy that you already believed in with almost zero alteration. You can just sort of throw it on the pile of other shit that people already believed in. We also saw millions of people being forced to stay inside of their homes with nothing to do but go on the internet. And as we've already covered plenty of times, this wasn't just a good like time for Q. It was a period of explosive growth for dozens, if not hundreds, of different conspiracy theories. But maybe even more importantly was the fact that in 2020, after four years of trying to pull off the storm, Donald and the White Hats hadn't pulled off a single provable arrest. There was a lot of speculation that maybe the reason the pandemic happened was so that all these people could be on house arrest without having to show that they were not allowed to leave their home. But the truth is there were no provable arrests. And with a presidential election on the way, there was only one way to keep the plan afloat. Q, their bakers, 
the influencers, and the massive crowds of followers needed to win the election again. Now here's where I get to tell you some good news. As this made up shadow war was being waged in the trenches of the internet the rest of us watched along in abject fucking horror we did not see trump's weird quirks as coded messages we saw them as the actions of a racist crazy old man and we old man yells at racist clout like that that kind of yes yes. Uh, we had gone from having the what i would say extremely mild-mannered and well-spoken obama to essentially having a high school bully in a geezer suit in the public (laughs) office and the 2020 presidential election it saw the highest voter turnout of eligible voters since 1990 joseph biden he received over 81 million votes the most votes of any presidential election ever It was pretty clear that America did not want four more years of tippy-top Trump. But then it got bad. First, Q believers claimed that the the Dominion Voting Systems, a Canadian voting machine manufacturer, they had deleted millions of votes for Trump. Uh, And then they claimed that the election had been rigged using, get this, Italian technology (laughs) from the American embassy in Rome in what they started calling Italy gate. Why you not like a tech? (laughs) I just love the idea that the Italians have some fucking, who by the way, have been to space. I don't know if you knew that because I recently- I did not know that. I recently learned Good job, Luigi. I can't remember the exact details right now. We did it for a thing that we did at work, but it was like 17 nations or uh, corporations have been to space. One of those is the Italians. (laughs) Like, I guess- just finally woke up one day and went you know what it is a like a big pizza pie and then they <laughs> flew up singing that samore giuseppe we need to see if the moon really hits her eye or if it is too big <laughs> so yeah there is a belief out there that italy <laughs> and their technology that is leagues above what america has was <laughs> able to steal the election um i've hey as an italian who has been to italy mm-hmm. they still got old walls and shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> now they have figured out one of my favorite things overseas which is the shower and the toilet in the same room but like other, and i and i mean like together like no no separation i'm sorry one more time say that again your whole bathroom is a shower Wh- and the toilet is also in there Wh- that's for why so that you can i i assume shit and shower at the same time i think it's probably to save room uh but like this is the same thing in i love this in japan and our airbnb had the same deal but also had like a stool so you could like sit and wash because the room was only like five foot six and i was in fucking heaven it was like a, a shower made for me size i loved it i other countries bathroom technology is way ahead of us that is fair other countries have had bidets for i guess forever (laughs) bidets and bidets and bidets hella bidets very good but years even (laughs) (sighs) jesus christ i get (laughs) yeah so a bidet fucking rigged the election is i guess what we're trying to say here and when that didn't work 
Q and their believers partnered again with the sovereign citizens to claim that actually, according to the District of Columbia Organic Act of 1871, the government was technically a corporation and the last legitimate president we had ever had was Ulysses S. Grant. So they planned to swear Donald Trump in as the official 19th president, but guess what, Paige? That didn't... All his jerseys say 17? <laughs> yeah, so Too they bad? So they couldn't do it. <laughs> Oh, God. And as the days left in 2020 started to slip away, it became clear to everyone involved that if there really was some sort of master plan, if the White Hats were working with Trump to bring down the satanic cabal, this part was not part of that plan. With theories of election fraud being spread by Q, right-wing media, and even Donald himself, it became clear that this was the time for action. Now, a majority of Q believers, they kept to the digital space. They knew each other online, sort of. Maybe they, like, occasionally met up at rallies or conventions. But the entire point of Q is to stay decentralized. And there have been a handful of incidents, or what I would call incidents, like in 2018 when a Nevada man uh, armed with an AR-15 and a handgun parked an armored truck on the Hoover Dam blocking traffic for 90 minutes and telling law enforcement that he was protesting against the FBI for failing to, quote, lock her up. Oh, good Lord. Or the 2019 murder of Gambino crime family underboss Frank Cali, uh, who was shot 10 times by a QAnon believer who had supposedly formed a link between the mob and the deep state despite Q never actually mentioning the mafia once. This one's for the deep dish state. <laughs> but also, uh, you've convinced me now. I think my people are in on it. <laughs> and th this one, Paige, this one is my personal favorite. When mm. in 2018, a man whose actual name was Forrest supposedly started a forest fire <laughs> i'm forest this is my fire <laughs> he started a for or supposedly started a forest fire in southern california um forest the person not the fire believed that an orange county canyon was being used as a home for satanic pedophile rituals and had threatened multiple times to burn the entire canyon to the ground and we even get a fantastic quote from the local fire chief here it is page quote he is a scourge on this canyon <laughs> sorry was it sand canyon i don't remember it was like it was okay. the holy uh canyon or whatever because people kept okay. calling it a holy fire and i was like wow that's dramatic and then i realized it was the like location the name of the canyon so okay. here's the full quote <clears throat> He is a scourge on this canyon. Every single person in this canyon is afraid of him. Number one, we avoid him. Number two, we knew he was going to do something crazy. <laughs> oh, it's always rough when someone you're like, this is going to go bad. And then it does. And you're like, we knew it. I fucking tried knew to it. warn people. So even though Forrest, the person, not the fire, initially took credit for the forest fire, the fire, not the person, 
Forrest was later acquitted after it was discovered that the origin of the fire was likely a discarded cigarette from the side of a nearby highway. However, Forrest was found guilty of making criminal threats of terrorism, which he provably did do a lot. And I mean a fucking lot, dude. So much that, again, he was described as a scourge on this canyon. I also, I love that, like, the actual start of the fire was what I like to call the California special. Because in California, <laughs> you can only, you can pretty much only smoke in your car. Yeah. Like, you can smoke a few other places, but mostly your car. And so nine times out of ten, it's like, how did this wildfire start? Well, somebody flicked a cigarette out on the freeway. Yep. <laughs> there it is. I, I, I'm not complaining about this, by the way. I actually like this. But in California now, most places will basically give you a five by six basically a japanese bathroom where you are allowed to smoke in for like the entire location that you are at you are you are sort of put in the confines of a very small area if they allow any kind of smoking um which again i like because the smell of cigarettes both make me in like insanely crave a cigarette but also extremely nauseous mm. and it is a confusing thing that i have to deal with for the rest of my life mm -hmm. so there have been kidnappings there have been murders there have even been a few assassination attempts orchestrated by dedicated followers of q but at least so far you could call all of these isolated incidents by people with really only slight ties to the group but now everything was changing Leading up to Inauguration Day, the American public had become concerned with how frequently these QAnon followers were getting together in real life. Groups like the Proud Boys, who loudly promoted the conspiracy, could even be seemed armed and ready for war at basically any Trump rally or political event. And as both news agencies and other politicians begged Trump to disavow both Q and these dangerous extremist groups, he refused to give up the game. He played coy, saying that the stuff Q believed in was it was really bad if it was actually happening. That's where you get shit yeah. like big, big if true, you know? Yeah. And at times, he and his team even played into Q proofs, hoping to get people riled up. And in September, when asked point blank to condemn white supremacist groups and their role in the rise of violence in America, he chose instead to say the worst thing possible, addressing these groups directly. He insisted that they, quote, stand back and stand, stand by. by. That was so fucked up. I remember that. Someone's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right wing problem. End quote. Oh That's the God. full quote, Paige. Yeah. That's the full part of it is like stand back and stand by because there's a war coming. Yeah. Well, and, and that's when, when people are like, no, he didn't incite violence on January 6th. And I'm like, what do you call that? Because like. Oh. Oh, we're going to get to January 6th, 2021, Paige. And I I don't want to hear fucking anybody say he didn't incite violence when we get there. Because I got quotes, oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Of course. Government watchdogs warned of violence on January 6th. The FBI had already identified QAnon as a possible terrorist threat. Even we at Cold Podcast knew that something bad was going to happen. 
And on January 6th, we saw maybe the largest congregation of Q believers ever, as Donald Trump gave his Save America speech, where he was cheered on by massive groups of supporters, most wearing some reference to Q. He told his congregation that the election had been stolen. He begged Congress and Mike Pence to denounce Joseph Biden as the winner. And he told them, as they cheered him on, quote, if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Before he sent them to the Capitol building. Mm -hmm. What do you mean he didn't incite violence? Yes. Like fucking, what do you, you have to fight like hell. What do you think it's that means? Explicit. To me, that is explicit. The Capitol riots resulted in over $2.5 million in damages. Over 1,000 criminal trials. Not charges trials of different people with multiple charges and more importantly it led to the death of five people and responsible for these crimes maybe not solely but definitely partially are the prophet q and their messiah donald trump and i wish that i could tie a happy little bow on this episode and tell you that it's over but the truth is that as more and more predictions fail to come true, people do become disillusioned and realize that they've been believing in a lie. But a significant portion of Q supporters don't see this as quote-unquote predictions not coming true. They see this as them losing the war. Data analysts and experts in fringe groups warn that this belief in an, in an all-is-lost scenario will cause hardcore believers, bakers, and Q influencers to join dangerous paramilitary groups with ties to the alt-right, white nationalists, and neo-Nazis. There is a more than 0% chance that this is just the beginning of something far worse than what we have already seen. That is fucking terrifying, dude. I don't like it, and I don't want to cover it again in the future, so please don't do anything. I mean, first of all, don't do anything because it's bad and racist or whatever, sure. But I don't want to do more episodes on it, so stop. Just stop it, please. Come on. I want to go back to watching seven hours of anime, dude. Come on. we got to find another anime cult. There's got to be another, an, a good, juicy one out now. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe the worst part of all of this is that we, we, we might never know who Q was. We might never figure out the identity of this enigmatic figure that permanently changed the landscape of American politics. But I can say this. We got some pretty good fucking guesses, baby. Mm -hmm. We got some pretty good guesses. By 2020, it became widely accepted among researchers that the Q pseudonym has been used by multiple people. Mm -hmm. And believers have thrown around theories like it belongs to Steve Bannon, it belongs to John F. Kennedy Jr., it belongs to Donald Trump himself. But at a certain point, the identity of Q became less and less important. Some believers go so far as to claim that even if Q isn't actually a patriot with Q clearance, the information that they were sharing is quote-unquote undeniably true. And honestly, I kind of agree. Not with the information being true. I cannot state that enough. It is clearly bullshit. And the entire fucking premise of the belief system is that this person does have Q clearance, which mm -hmm. makes it extremely important. But at a certain point, the identity of Q doesn't matter. The reasons don't matter. Somebody spun a story and convinced millions of people to indoctrinate themselves and to spread this 
word this what they believe to be the good word and we saw it with the covid stuff the jfk jr theory and even the reptilian edition these people just needed a bouncing off point to dive headfirst into the rabbit hole but still even though it doesn't matter everyone always asks the same question who is q if you have seen the hbo docuseries q into the storm which we genuinely like recommend yeah, go watch i love it please go watch it not only is it extremely informative and you will learn a lot of this, but you'll also get to experience the story from a different perspective and through somebody who is there for a lot of these key events that we are covering secondhand. It is such a great, like, it. I guess what I'm trying to say is not only is it extremely knowledgeable, it is very entertaining. Yes. You will be thoroughly entertained and you will learn a lot, too. If you have watched it, then you are already familiar with the theory that modern-day Q-drops were probably written by Ron Watkins, the son of the owner of 8chan and also its current rebrand 8kun, 8-K-U-N. Um, after claiming that 4chan had been compromised, Q moved over to the somehow more upsetting 8chan image board. And the idea is simple. Q needed a new home, 8chan opened them with welcome arms, and after seeing how good the Prophet's presence was for the site's traffic, they decided to take control and have hijacked the Q moniker, using it mostly for their own interests, which are generally getting more people to visit 8chan. Um, but that doesn't really answer the question of who started this. Well, last year, Two independent teams of forensic linguists, people who study writing patterns, mannerisms, and so on to identify the authors of online texts, they started digging into the case, and it worked. These are the same teams, by the way, who had already revealed that J.K. Rowling, a celebrated children's author and disgusting transphobe, had secretly written a 2013 mystery novel called Cuckoo's Calling. <laughs> Which then, like, they later released under a pen name, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, she she had released it under a pseudonym, and then a lot of people were like, I can't believe this is some random author's debut novel. This has to be somebody else. And then these researchers were like, yeah, it's J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's the one that made Dumbledore gay, but also can't believe that trans women are women. Yeah, yeah go yeah. figure. Mm. That's fucking crazy. Anyway, we're going to go research QAnon now. Yep. So these analysts poured over thousands of Q drops, including some little known, basically, basically non-canonized Q drops, which uh, I want to be clear. We've talked a lot about um, like canonization of the Bible, mm -hmm. about how all of these stories were written by different people. And then other people later would compile them and say, these are true. These are not true. Uh, but there are stories that are arguably just as valid that didn't make it into the canonization for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. um, the same is true with Q drops, where there are a lot of people who claim to be Q, and there's also a lot of writings that were definitely also Q that did not get added into what people consider to be the canon Q drops. Mm -hmm. When they researched this, it was clear that the author was figuring out their character and their exact tone. And they determined that after Q moved to 8chan, there was a 99% match with texts that had been written by Ron Watkins. Mm -hmm. But 
Before that, there was someone else with a 98% match. Paul Ferber, who you might remember earlier as Baruch the Scribe. Baruch was one of the first bakers, people who were giving context to Q's wild clues. Basically, Paul Ferber was one of the first person that acted as a sort of, uh, what would you call it, authority on no, 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 what Q actually meant was this. Like a Q prophet. Uh, Exactly. They were also the driving force behind helping spread the message to a wider audience. Remember that when they wanted to spread it to normies, Baruch the scribe was the person that had been sending Mm -hmm. it around to different people. Around the time that Ron Watkins supposedly took over the accounts, uh, he was Baruch, aka Paul Ferber, was also the sole voice claiming that Q had been hijacked and claiming that there was somebody pretending to be Q but couldn't provide any evidence of it because it might require you to have intricate knowledges of who Q might be which is super interesting in the documentary as well and because like there are finally people who are like oh wait there's no way to verify who Q is because of the Anon system but there's also no way to verify who Q isn't and then 8chan provided like a coding option to at least verify that the same person was posting. Yeah, but at that code. point, I think it's Ron Watkins. So, you know. They all, they also used a trip code on 4chan. It's just like sort of a, like, you can use, okay, here's what's funny. You can use trip codes on 4chan. It is not like a, a it's not thing that is. It's not unique to 8chan. Yeah. It's also not unique to everybody. But what I think is super funny is that if you choose to use a trip code, you are either a legend and they and you become like part of 4chan history forever, or you become a fucking laughing stock that eventually gets banned because everyone fucking hates you. <laughs> uh anyway, that's just like a fun little thing about fucking um trip codes because i went down a whole rabbit hole trying to find out how they work and also how the identification system on uh, anonymous posting works because there's a lot of there's a lot of posts on 4chan that do have an identifier on them that are only locked to that thread that use different variations of doesn't matter the point is paul ferber aka baruch the scribe also profited off of q he accepted donations for his work uh, of hosting sites to archive information, and he even wrote a memoir about his experience where he claimed that around the time Q's identity had changed, the operation had, quote, run its course. So for one final time in our series on QAnon, we are going to head into the speculation zone. <laughs> After reading every single Q drop and tons of previous work written by Paul Ferber pre-Q, uh, I think I know what happened. And I think this is a pretty accepted uh, idea of what happened. Paul Ferber, a South African man with a weirdly specific love of American conspiracy theories. Yeah, very strange. Has been sharing his ideas for years across the internet. The first Q drop, that comment that claimed that Hillary was about to be arrested, this wasn't a brand new conspiracy. In fact, every conspiracy promoted by Q was an existing conspiracy and a conspiracy that Paul has tried to spread in the past. I don't think that the first QAnon thing was a jokey shitpost. I think Paul was genuinely trying to share his ideas like he had done a lot mm-hmm. all over the internet. But then he got attention. 
And over the course of the next three days, you can see Q develop from what, what I would call an average Anon on 4chan into the persona of a Q clearance patriot, one that clearly... <laughs> clearly only has a vague understanding of the intricacies of American top secret intelligence and how American agencies operate. Like you can say that, well, they operate differently on the inside and that's what he's going off of. But also he gets a ton of things wrong, like all the time, almost as if this person has no idea how America actually works. Yes. Which is my, and I think we brought it up like a week or two ago where we talked about the fact that a lot of these people were not from America, where they thought MS, MS-13 was, like, a huge deal in working with the government. We're like, no, like, that's not that's not even a thing. Like, that, that sounds like someone who just heard MS-13 and then extrapolated on their own. And a lot of Q stuff seems like that, where it's like, this is not how this works. This is not how our history works, you know? A hundred percent. I Yeah, and as the ruse goes on... You start to see this character become more defined and more um, more standing on its own, not trying to rely on insider information. Instead, sharing things that don't have to do with the intricacies of how American government works. I think Paul Ferber saw this as an opportunity to finally get his ideas out there. And the more that people listened, the more he, quote unquote, enlightened them. There was never an end goal. The entire idea was to just wake up the world to show them the truth. And now, after all of the misinformation and after all of the lies, it was fucking for nothing. Because no one knows that Paul Ferber was behind it. No one knows that any of these things uh, happened. And the only thing that you've been able to do is promote all of these conspiracy theories to the public view where everyone can look at them and go yeah that's made up (laughs) yeah buddy that one's not true yeah here's some evidence that actually goes against that so uh good luck with that and uh and and maybe the worst thing out of all of this is that really what has happened is Paul Ferber may have put us on a trajectory into a new kind of storm that is worse than anything that has been promised in the past. And that is where we will end our series for now on QAnon. Love it. Okay. So to recap, in your speculations and opinion, mm-hmm. Paul Ferber is Q number one with potentially mm-hmm. some additions. Ron Watkins is Q number two. I think that, I think that, that, Paul Ferber and uh, I forget the other guy's name. Roger Coleman, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Pamphlet Anon is what he's yeah. better known as. Um, I think that they wrote a majority of the first posts together. I also okay. think there was probably some uh, mix-in from Ron Watkins as it sort of went along. Mm-hmm. And then I believe that when uh, when they sort of just took the trip code from him and took everything away so that he couldn't do it. Then it just became full Ron Watkins. I don't think there's anyone else that's writing them either. I think it's just full Ron. So yes, I think it's uh, Paul Ferber mixed with pamphlet Anon, and then a little bit of Ron Watkins and then it becomes full blooded Ron Watkins at the end. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of where my brain is at as well. Or... It's Steve. It's Bannon all real. Yeah, it's Steve and Bannon, JFK and it's all Jr. real. Yeah. yeah, 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 and they wrote it together. And Steve Bannon uses a Ouija board. 
to write them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but he uses a Ouija board uh, because JFK Jr. doesn't want to write. He's still in the room. He's still alive. He just has to keep moving it around. Right, right, right. Um, God, my one of my favorite parts, by the way, is if you read that full New York Times uh, article on them testing the different like trying to use forensic ling- linguistics or whatever it's called to identify who may have written these posts. They realize that Paul Ferber is uh, like a 98% match and they bring this evidence to him and he basically goes, oh yeah, I mean, I probably write like that because I got so inspired by QAnon and they were like, okay, well, what about the stuff that happened before, before that? Before QAnon, yeah. And then he would be like, oh, well, Q probably read that stuff and was probably inspired by me in turn then. So that's... <laughs> He's in the documentary too. And and yeah. his portion of the documentary is fucking wild because he he portrays it as he was the one that Q trusted mm-hmm. to like put the information out there and then when they took the trip code away, he becomes a full wet blanket about it. And so like it's really and I remember even watching the documentary the first time being like why is he so attached to this? So then to be like, "Oh, it's him." Like th- that makes sense. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And God, man, I am so glad to be fucking done with this. I cannot (laughs) tell you how happy I am that I can fucking space like space out and delete all of this information from my fucking head. Nice. Um, And I cannot tell you how happy all of my friends are going to be that I no longer have to tell them about any of this stuff. You know how many times over the past month I have been invited to go out and I got to go, nah, getting red pilled. And then I block them. (laughs) oh god Paige, do you have any lingering questions do you have any lingering thoughts about QAnon that i can answer before i fucking mind wipe myself with this fucking <laughs> with this oh i don't know oh my god that's those are some giant nugs um <laughs> those oh my god okay business idea uh marijuana nugs shaped like dino nuggies i was just gonna say the fucking same thing Paige. oh I'm my god even- I'm not even fucking kidding because you said your mind melding with my mind (laughs) because we both smoke the dino nuggies (laughs) and then we'd have one that's cool ranch flavored as if you were dipping the nuggies in ranch god I don't remember what I was watching but I watched I if you know what it might have been the new season of big mouth but I I feel like I watched somebody hyperventilating with a cool ranch Doritos bag and it like (laughs) gave me popcorn lung it just hurt (laughs) <laughs> now every time i breathe it's super trill <laughs> what kind of umbrella should i get for the storm <laughs> you should get one with a big q on it so god knows that you're on his team all right everybody that's gonna do it for us thank you so much i'm so glad this is over um Hey, if you want to make me feel better, you know what's going to do that? A $25 gift card to the Olive Garden where I will be family, baby. Or, you know what? I'm going to open this offer up. If I'm ever in your city and you want to take me out to an Olive Garden dinner, I'll fucking spend your money, honey. All right? Hit me up. I really love italian food um you can do that at mondo does stuff that's m-a-n-d-o does stuff all one word uh and that's instagram tiktok twitter twitch all that good stuff go ahead and find me um it's gonna be fun i'm gonna be in new york next week for like two weeks or something 
and I'm sure I'll have some shows. So go ahead and follow me on Instagram for more information about that. If you want to listen to the Rooster Teeth podcast, another show that I do, you can go to roosterteeth.com or you can go to youtube.com slash at Rooster Teeth podcast. That's the at symbol Rooster Teeth podcast. Or you can go uh, listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. And um, yeah, I think without any further ado, I'm going to go prep these nugs. So good night, good luck, goodbye forever, and I love you. Hey, y'all, if you're listening to this on Monday and you are in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can come see me at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco Tuesday night. There's still a couple tickets available, although it is very close to selling out. So if you hear this and you want tickets, uh, good luck. Uh, I hope they're still available (laughs) by that point. Run, go, trample each other. Anyway, so if you like my voice, you can listen to it on Horror Virgin or Romancing the Pod. Uh, And if you want to follow me on social media to see what cool clothes I wear, uh, you can follow me at Rampage Wesley on Instagram or at Rampage Wesley on TikTok or at Paige Wesley on Twitter, because I still refuse to call it X. I love you so much. Bye. You know what made me feel better this week? Is I got a new pair of pants. And I'll send you a picture of them later, because they're cool as fuck. Uh, They are like weird tech pants. Actually, you know what? I'm going to send you a picture right now so I can get your reaction. I got the coveted Wolverine bodysuit, but also the Wolverine Stevie from New Works. That's right. Bright red, black wolves. I'm rocking it. It's the perfect Halloween outfit. And I went to Mean Boys Live because I, I did a set and played uh, Mean Boys History of Cinema <laughs> at Mean Boys Live. And Keith's girlfriend, Jordan, walked up and she was like, girl is that the wolverine i was like yes bitch i was like i had to fight bitches off for this and she was like yes so that's been my week (laughs) i sent you a picture of my cool pants that i got and some cool cool shoes that i got cool pants and shoes cool pants and shoes gonna open the phone so these are nike cortezes yes yeah those are the shoes okay those are the shoes they're not the like heaven's gate ones because for a hot second, when I looked at these pants and those shoes, I was like, Armando, did you buy a bunk bed? But you didn't. <laughs> and these are very techie pants. These are the kind of shits that my coworkers wear sometimes. Yeah, I like these pants. I like them a lot. I'm going to let you in on a little secret about those Nike Cortezes, by the way. They mm-hmm. are a women's shoe, uh, which means that I had to buy those shoes in a woman's size 17. <laughs> I was going to ask. I was like, so what size is that in women's? And I didn't even know we made them that big. Nope, but I'm glad you do because I wear them and I love them. So, hey, if you want to find us on social media, you can at Colt Podcast on Instagram. Or if you want to tweet at us, you can tweet at us at Cult Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us cool things to wear, you could send those to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining, Los Angeles, California, 900065. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm usually a 2X. <laughs> <laughs> and I wear a planet size. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, and I think for this one, I'm going to say don't drink the Q-Aid. Boom! And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye! I want to go to fucking Olive Garden. <laughs>